All right, hello, Idiots on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast. Hi, Jake. How's it going? And hi, Phil, uh, another guest. Yes. This is, last week we had your uh, cohort on, but you are the founder of the Fake Outrage yes. Report. Yes, that is a show I started in, uh, well, I pitched it to a friend of mine in like the summer of 2015, and we started around the holidays that year. Fair I should say Phil Cossie. Uh, it just gets, you're not just known as Phil, you're not Sting, you're not Beyonce, you have a, a full name. Um, we can keep it casual, it's no, fine. But I, as I was saying last week, I was, I was uh, telling Sandeep that, to me, the idea, the concept, that's the one thing Jake and I just sort of do a free-form podcast. I love the mm-hmm. fact that yours is focused because it is such – and it's such it, it's one of those things where you see it and you go fuck I should have thought of that because we live in an area an area an era of outrage <laughs> and you just dissect it and mock it which is what most outrage deserves for anybody that didn't listen last week or not familiar quick just why don't you give us instead of me uh, telling just tell us quickly what the fake outrage report is and what you do yeah th- thanks for being uh, on the these... show by the way man yeah um, thank you for yeah, coming great on podcast yeah again. happy to be here man. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I've been listening to your show for a while. Your show is great, and I, li- I like listening to yours because you guys do things that my show kind of can't do because uh, you guys do a lot of politics and stuff like that, and our show specifically avoids it. Uh, but what our show does is we basically take like weird C and D level news stories from all around the world, uh, things that people are supposedly upset about, and we break it down, riff on it, make fun of it, and then we have like a judgment as to if it's fake outrage or if it's legit outrage, which is something that's worth your energy to get mad about. And that's what I love about it is is that that judgment call and I just go with the past few current episodes. You 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 fully admit and I I want to ask you a question about this that you say you go yep. internationally you find these little stories like there's a, a restaurant in China that uh, gives you a discount if you have bigger boobs if you're a woman. Yeah. Uh, there's <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, in Australia, the lamb uh, community uh, market uses deities and uh, Hindus get pissed off because their deity is a vegetarian. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sandeep finds those, the, all the Indian ones. You have, and, and I wonder why you specifically do international and C&D level, as you say, outrage reports, as opposed to, like, you have such a wealth of uh, of subject matter available in America where you're like, look, we are so fucked up. We're, we're outraged over players taking a knee as opposed to racial injustice. You know, why, why, why do you avoid the big topics why is there a conscious decision to make it lighter um was it as you say was it a conscious decision or did it just become more well everybody's talking about the nfl let's talk about something different and quirky yeah well there's definitely an element of uh, of avoiding putting out the same exact product as every other show on the fucking internet because it, it nowadays with the focus being on politics uh every show i mean for even like espn fucking does politics now and so there's definitely an element of that we don't want to be the same. The other thing is also that because of the lead time in which we record it, we usually record it about seven to ten days ahead of the actual release schedule. By the time we get to release, the topics that we'd be talking about uh, would be irrelevant. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, everything moves so quick. Jake and I have talked about that where I've said, 
where I've said we're reco we are rec recording on a Tuesday and this won't get released until next Monday. So if something big happened, that's why Jake and I aren't talking about it. I have actively made that statement in the past up front like, hey, everybody. So if uh, the world ends on a Friday and you're listening to this on a Monday, the reason <laughs> we're not talking about it is because it's Thursday. The world hasn't ended yet. Um, things like that. We, we, we actively put out there that we have recorded way too early in the week because it's the only time Jake and I could make our schedule work together. Right, and people yeah. will assume if they, if they hear it then, after the world has ended and we're not addressing it, that we're just kind of, um, I, I don't know, pro-new mutant overlord propaganda. You know what I'm saying? And we're trying to just kind of like <laughs> keep, his, keep his message, not, not actively going for it, but not, not talking shit about it either. Like, like we're yeah, we're not challenging the mutant people. overlords, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's an element, I think, of that that I don't like in culture, and that has to do with politics, too, of, like, this whole idea of, like, okay, if you're not 100% with us all the time, you're clearly a Nazi. Yeah. You know, like, you're clearly on the other team. And it's like, dude, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. I, uh, you know? Yeah, everything's so polarized anymore, man. Yeah. And I... Uh, Use an outside example. I listen to the I listen to both the Adam Carolla podcast and Real Time with Bill Maher as a podcast. I have HBO, mm. but for some reason I like I prefer um, they they release Real Time with Bill Maher as a podcast the day after the recording on Saturday, which would be today that we are recording. And I listen to it, and so when I hear them, Adam Carolla will talk about watching Real Time and say, you know, I like watching Bill. I don't agree with him all the time, but I agree with him enough, and I like even when I disagree with him his point of view. And you hear that so rarely. It's either, like you say, it's just polarizing. It's yeah. like, I, if you don't agree with them 100% of the time, then you're just not going to listen to that person or watch that program or tune in. And the only place I feel like that about is Fox News. I just can't watch them because I, I pretty much disagree with them most of the time because they are not news. They are a, a thinly veiled opinion uh, piece uh, delivery system but. it's funny you mentioned fox news actually uh this is a a, a a little known fact about my show my show is actually inspired by a book written by one of the fox news anchors oh do tell please <laughs> really this is totally true um so for those of you who, who don't watch fox which is pretty much everyone in new york city and most liberals um there's a guy named greg gutfeld who he's like the zany wannabe funny guy on Fox, or I think he's actually kind of funny. Um, he does a show every week on like Saturday nights, and he's like the one show on the channel that actually attempts to have some remnants of fun and not just fear mongering like the other 23 hours that's on that channel. Uh, and I read a book of his called The Joy of Hate, which was about fake outrage and about how, and, but his was like kind of like a, a libertarian right leaning perspective, and my show is more. So I took his concept and I was like, well, what if I put this through the lens of like center left politics? You know? No, it's, like it's, that. it's actually really interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I take information from all uh, sides. I don't just do, uh, you know, just one news source. Or oh, just yeah. You, gotta, cause you, gotta you have that, to learn how to. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, I would say the only news source I actively eliminate would be. Uh, the only time I hear Fox is is when it's being made fun of on the Daily Show, for the most part. Um, I, the only the yeah, only sources I so. really eliminate would be far right, like Breitbart or Alex Jones, and then I hear about them anyway because it's like 
like I said, when when comedy uh, political shows say, holy shit, can you believe what Alex Jones has just said? Or even now that Alex Jones is being reported by, quote, mainstream media. But most of my information... Dude, if you're I'm- ignoring Alex Jones, how would you know about the frogs turning gay because of chemicals that the government put in the water, man? <laughs> you'd be in the dark about that. You'd be in the dark. You'd just be following the rest of the mainstream news propaganda that Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton are putting out to try to control us with deep state agents. Come on, man. Uh, I, I know I'm limiting myself. I, <laughs> I feel bad. I need to know more about gay frogs. Damn it. Uh, Jake Dude, have you listened to the yeah. Joe Rogan episode where he has them on? No. It's fucking great. He gets a little bit of weed and whiskey in him. And uh, see, the thing about Alex Jones is he doesn't normally do a show high and drunk. So he stays on point a little bit. And so normally he's on PCP. He seems like it, but no, he's I mean maybe some stimulants, maybe when he does a show. But he gets a little bit of whiskey and weed in him and he's just kind of all over the place just casually talking about the shit. And that's when he's like throwing out little references to some of the conspiracies cuz the interesting thing about him is he's not just like a 9/11 truther. He believes in all the fucking conspiracies, man. Like, all, all of them. He's not saying, like, oh, one or two crazy things is going on. He's like, no, all the crazy things are going on. So he'll so just he's, randomly... he's not just a salesman. He's not just saying this bullshit to get ratings and to pitch, sell his products. Because he sells a lot of products like Alex Jones protein powder to build muscle. Yeah, and Alex I, I Jones mean, I don't know. Pills. I think it's a little bit of both, honestly, if I had to guess with that guy. Because I thought it was a yeah, lot of just salesmanship, but if he honestly believes it, you get someone, you know, like weed and whiskey, those are truth serums. And if he's still like, no, you don't understand, dude. Well, it's, I mean, he it. wasn't like loaded, though. He wasn't loaded. Right. Not, not enough to where it's like, oh, I'm, yeah, if I have this act going, I'm, I'm going to drop it. He's just a little bit loopy and going all over the place. So he'll be talking about one thing and then just kind of throw in references to like the vampires the literal vampires that are running the government and 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 he'll joe rogan will have to back him up a little bit and be like whoa whoa whoa. um can you stop and go back and talk about these vampires because i don't think my crowd knows about that and the thing about his show is if, if 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 everybody already believes the shit about the vampires and the colonies on mars and whatever else and you're giving like an update about it it just sounds like kind of like a news update. We have a little bit more information to come in about the. This guy testified about blah, 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 blah. It sounds a little bit. Whereas if someone has a little bit of weed and whiskey in you, it's going like, hey, can you just roughly explain real quick about these vampires in two or three sentences? It sounds fucking nuts. <laughs> it sounds nuts. And it's like three hours of that shit. It's, it's great. Well, not only is it great, but that's how. Joe works in that he just lets him talk and keeps going. That's how Milo got caught, wasn't it? Was that not on Rogan's oh, yeah. uh, podcast? Uh-huh. Where, yeah, it's on oh, Rogan's. Oh, you, you think uh, older men should be fucking little boys. All right, keep going. You know, not like challenging on him or, or hitting him, but just letting him talk and then it surfaces like sane people will hear it and go, okay, he's crazy. You know, and that, that's my biggest argument about people um, just keeping people from talking at, at college campuses and stuff because they don't like their opinions it's like have them let them talk if their opinions are that fucking bad let them let them talk man they're gonna do more damage with their own words than they are you throwing rocks at them and screaming about safe spaces until they can't uh get their message up that's fair enough 
All right, let's uh, get into a topic. Um, Las Vegas happened, and I want to go back several months. I read an article, I think it was in The Atlantic, on the lonely man and how men have no friends and of a certain age, I think it was when you turn 40, you can have like you know, guys you're buddy-buddy with, but men have no true friends. And then after Vegas, uh, a medical, uh, I don't know if he was a psychologist, let me pull this article up quick. I already forgot what he calls himself. He says he works in mental health and he, he doesn't want to blame, the, the, it's uh, Charlie Hohen, and the article is called Thoughts on Vegas and Why Men Keep Doing This. And it backs up the article from The Atlantic a while ago saying that men are lonely and we're taught to be macho and we don't cry and we bottle all this up. And then I, you know, his bullet point number one, men in the United States are chronically lonely. And he, he fully says that this that comes from isolation and not having an outlet and then they snap and this is what happens, and I'm, I'm doing a bad job summing it up, but... Didn't this guy have a girlfriend, though? Yeah, well, it's male friends. I'm sorry. Men don't have enough male friends that they... It's, it's a different kind of lonely. Like, you, you can be married and have kids, but you don't have male bonding like you're supposed to. That was the point of the Atlantic article, and this guy's trying to... It says the loneliness compounds as men grow older without deeper friendships, a strong sense of community. The isolation is soul deadening and maddening. You are alone. But I don't know how you define alone because like you just said, he had a girlfriend. He went to these poker tournaments. He had a society, but they're saying that's not enough. And I guess my yeah, pushback like is what happened. pretty socially active as far as mass murders go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and my pushback they're not getting is laid. They're not. They're just locked in their mother's basement. Uh, counting ammunition rounds. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, what happened to man up? What happened to just squaring your shoulders? And he's saying that's part of the problem. Like, my answer is, well, fucking do a shot, smoke a joint, man up, square your shoulders, and deal with the fact, you know, that's life. Life sucks. And he's saying that, I don't want to say making excuses, but bullet point number two. Bullet point number one, men are lonely. Bullet point number two, men in the United States are deprived of play opportunities. That they says that uh, you're supposed to wrestle with your kids, and you know, and he even says right here. But the Vegas shooter loved to gamble. He went on cruises, and he goes, "That's not the type of play I'm talking about." We need to understand the dynamic of another mass shooter, where they, fuck, they don't like their parents. I don't know. I'm doing a bad job summing up the article, but I don't buy any of it. That's why, as I read it, I'm like, if "You're lonely." That doesn't mean you snap and shoot no, people there's, up. No, there's, there's tons of lonely people. Yeah, that's that's not... This is like a weird thing. In fact, I, I would say this guy is weirder than most mass murderers in that he doesn't fit that profile of the young, lonely kid who doesn't get laid and isn't successful. This is like a, a guy... Wasn't he like a millionaire or something? And, yeah. I mean, he lost some money or some shit, but he still... He had, he had enough money to get like all these fucking guns... And check into a Vegas, like, even if they're like, oh, he lost everything, and he, well, that's a lot of guns, man. I, I, I know, I'm not like a gun expert, but I know guns, man. The guns he had were not cheap. Even if he just sold the goddamn guns, he'd have enough money to do some shit, you know? He wouldn't be completely desolate, so it's a, it's a weird situation, man. I, I don't know what the fuck does that, but yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, man. This was, uh, it's, it's weirder than most, you know?
Well, Phil, I sent you the article. Did you read it? And do you have thoughts on it? Like, I, I guess. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I have, I have, I have some thoughts on it for sure. Uh, well, the initial headline, because uh, uh, was that because it, it says right here, you know, thoughts on Vegas and why men keep doing this. And my brain instantly went into like defense mode because Let's, I don't know. I if, did if say his name was Charlie. This. Let's point it was by a man. It's not like you know, you know, why men keep doing this by you know an author on Jezebel. So that's exactly that where, where my brain I think, went. No, There's women so much totally of get to bitch at us for mass shootings. All right, that's definitely they. <laughs> when was the last female mass shooter? No, that's definitely something they could bitch at us about. If they want to talk about gray area stuff like mansplaining, well, all right, what's mansplaining? Well, it's, you know, no, mass shooting, when one of us fucking straps in a, a hundred-round drum into a goddamn AR and tries to take out as many people, they never do that. I will absolutely listen to women bitch at us about mass murder. That's, a, that's, a, that's a testosterone-driven crime. So two oh, two things: sure. leaving the toilet seat up and mass shootings. Ladies, we'll take uh, we'll take your abuse there because it's not abuse; it's legit. Anyway, <laughs> Phil, back to you. That's right. Uh, yeah. Well, and the other thing too is, is I just wanted to echo kind of what you guys said a second ago. This guy does not fit the mold at all because he was a millionaire and he had a girlfriend. And I'm kind of one of those guys that always jokes, or not really jokes, but I think that you know it often is just dudes who aren't getting laid who do all this bullshit. And this guy didn't fit that mold. He had enough money to stay at a very nice hotel, and uh, right. you know, and afford apparently 19 guns. I don't know uh, what each individual gun cost. A I'm lot, sure dude. Like over a thousand. That. Yeah. E each one of those. So that guy would have enough money for. Yeah, because I looked at the pictures. Now you can get ARs for cheaper than a thousand, but I mean, he had nice scopes on him. He he had nice, you you, you know. Um, like like bipods and I, I mean he he had them decked out he even had some of them switched I, I i believe to where they were full auto which means you either have to really know what the fuck you're doing in that trigger assembly or you just get a separate one that's already set for for uh for full auto or you pay an armorer to do it who really knows what he's doing either way it just it doesn't come with the stock model so he's got fifty thousand minimum. Like so, if each gun is a yeah. thousand, that's twenty, and then he modifies it. So he's able to drop fifty thousand dollars on guns, which most people can't do. And I mean, I don't know if it was fifty. Because how many do you have? Like twenty, something 23 like that. Twenty-three or something. Nineteen. Yeah, you know, so it would, it could, it could have been fifty. But I, I mean, I, I'm willing. It's probably more like thirty. Either way, you know, he's got thirty thousand dollars if he just sells a fucking gun. That's the thing about guns is they don't really depreciate. Unless you fuck them up, you know, you let them get rusty, you let them whatever. Um, but yeah, the resale value on guns is pretty pretty goddamn high. So it's just it's it's weird um, that he would just kind of accumulate that much for this. When it's it's like I mean, if he was desolate, he he wouldn't be able to get this shit. It's just it's it's odd that a a successful millionaire with a hot girlfriend decides to fucking light up a concert. I mean, that's just the weirdest... I don't think she was that hot. Yeah, she wasn't? I, she was... She's not ugly, but, you know, it's not like she was a model. You're right. I spoke before I said something. I'm just saying, but she, as far as she, murders, he did this have companionship. He, he, was, you know, he, he had someone yeah. to, to cuddle with and, and put him put his wiener into, and that feels good, so... <laughs> You know, that, that should alleviate some stress. Anytime I have an orgasm, especially one I have with my wife, it's just... It's like, oh, well, that was nice. I, I don't feel like shooting up a concert right now. I just I just had an orgasm. Right. I always <laughs> used to say that was the solution to, to school shooting. I always thought that, like, I should do, 
I uh, I always got mad at like abstinence always programs, you know? Um, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. Tell kids to be absent because I'm like, dude, nothing causes more school shooters than abstinence. You know, you never hear any story that goes and then he finished getting laid, zipped up his pants, and shot up his entire homeroom class. No. It's always these kids that aren't getting laid. If anything, you should be you should be encouraging people to sleep with the weird little awkward kid that doesn't like to talk and twitches a lot. Um, and you know, even even with with older women, like you know, we don't force women to sleep with weird awkward guys. But like, if you as a woman sleep with a mass murdery kind of guy, you get to write that off on your taxes. You know what I'm saying? You get to, you get to send in the picture of this weird guy and the IRS gets to look at him and be like, oh yeah, he's uh, he's school shootery as fuck. This lady gets to write that off for life. She gets a refund for this. Thank you. The, you saved lives. I was just going to say, every life she saved is like a dependent, you know, like one of the kids. Like, alright, uh, you just saved lives. Yeah. You, you get to write those off. Right. You just, you just rewrite it off. And this lady... She would have got to write this guy off. In fact, I don't even know if she would have got to write him off. I saw the picture of him with his eyes closed. He didn't look that mass murdery. You know what I mean? He just looked like some drunk guy. He, he just, you know, and so it's like, I, if I was the IRS guy, and I'm like, does she get to write this off for begging this guy? And tell me about him. Oh, he's a millionaire? Fuck you, lady. You just banged a rich old drunk. You don't get any more. You have a sugar daddy. You don't get any sugar from me. You don't get any more sugar from your Uncle Sam. You know, that's how much this guy didn't fit that profile. This is true. Well, I found at the bottom of the article the three main bullet points. Let me read them, and then we'll go back to Phil. Uh, whatever the case, these factors about mass shooters are often true. One, they are deeply lonely. They have no significant friendships to rely on and very few quality people to confide in. Two, they experienced on ongoing play deprivation. Their innate ability was crippled and they struggled to maintain a healthy emotional connection with themselves and others. Three, they are deeply ashamed. They experienced extreme ridicule, rejection, or humiliation. Um, I, okay, but the, the beginning of the article and the one that I talked about uh, that was in the Atlantic, it says that this is an ongoing problem that men in general are lonely. The, the Atlantic article was that basically saying all men are lonely. So you, I'm not lonely. I don't give a fuck. The first thought I had when I read that article was a Die Hard 2, John McClane. Too bad, McClane. I kind of liked you. I got enough friends. I got like three friends. You know, I have a bunch of acquaintances, but that doesn't make me want to shoot places up. I think it's the third one. Uh, Deeply ashamed, ridicule, rejection, humiliation. You find someone that feels marginalized what for whatever reason and mental illness. So I, I'm not sure I'm buying this whole men are lonely angle that seems to be coming the next whatever thing. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I agree with that for the most part, but I, I want to hit that third bullet point you just mentioned right there where you said that he was uh, ridiculed and uh, ashamed. I think that there might be uh, a society uh, level sort of uh, value lately. Where yeah, have you noticed that people just kind of hate rich people the last, I don't know, maybe five or ten years or so? There may or may not be an element of this guy worked his ass off to become like an accountant millionaire and all of a sudden everyone hates him now because of it. And so he he's, might be thinking like, oh, what the fuck? You know, I worked to be successful and everyone hates me now. So that might have been a small element of what caused him to snap. That's just a theory, one man's opinion, but that could be part of it. Well, and there's another part of it. It's not just that. It's, and 
full disclosure to listeners, you are listening to three white males, and I hear it. I don't particularly care. I don't feel pressure from it. I don't feel uh, downtrodden. But the white male is the easiest target right now to be a bad guy. There are social justice warriors that are just... Well, you're a white male, so your opinion doesn't count. And I'm like, whatever. I just dismiss it. I don't get angry or go, you know, buy a gun or shoot the place up. But it is real in that the white male bad guy is an easy go-to right now. Yeah, but wouldn't, oh, for sure. wouldn't yeah. you be and more the- likely to get upset about that if you didn't have a million dollars from real estate like this fucking guy? You know, or what I a mean? girlfriend? Yeah, I, I mean, I, wouldn't, exactly. wouldn't you be more pissed off? If, I mean, I get getting pissed off about that if if you have like. The rich college kids from rich white people turning around to the rest of people and going, everybody has white privilege who is white and has it easy. And then you're like, I work in a fucking coal mine. What are you talking about white privilege? Fuck you. Exactly. You know, like you got white privilege. I don't have white privilege. I, I, I work in a coal mine. Like I get getting pissed off about it there. But if you're like a millionaire, I get, you just shrug and go, yeah, I guess life is pretty good. Fuck it, you know? I, I mean, wouldn't you kind of have that attitude? Uh, I mean, not like a fuck it, I don't care about everybody who's not doing well, but like, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's it's not going to bother you so much because you're going to be like, yeah, I guess I, I am doing pretty good. I suppose I'm going to have a flaming yawn now. I mean, would, right? Would, wouldn't that bother you more if you, were, if you didn't have money? Well, yes, because I don't have money and... It still doesn't even bother the that. It may, uh, to me, my response pretty much is an eye roll, where, you know, I see something on Jezebel and I'm like, whatever. Like I don't have time for it. That's that's people that want to go be angry and accusy and finger pointy all their own. To me, that's fake outright outrage, where they you know like white males, what? Yeah. Like, whatever. I I don't give it the time of day, but that's where it gets into mental illness. Like this person obviously is insecure or has a small penis or whatever it is and when he feels when he hears that you're rich eat the rich fuck the rich oh white men are the his response is no matter how much money it it goes to mental illness it goes to a flaw in the, the synapses or the firings or the workings of his noggin you know where we can all go oh yeah i'm a white male sucks to be me whatever you know attack me all you want i don't give a fuck i'm just living my own life someone else is going to shoot but they would have found a reason to shoot anyway. You know, like, we, we keep trying to justify it, and I, we can find patterns, but I think it is an individualistic thing where everybody's crazy in their own unique way. Every shooter is going to be crazy for their own reason. I don't think there will be a Right, I mean, th- just the idea that, well, let's figure out why all these mass murderers are doing it. Well, it's probably different reasons for each one of them exactly. a little bit. I mean, there might there might be some overlapping. There might be some where it's the same goddamn thing, but then there will be other where it's completely different. This guy... I, I would be willing to bet the reasons that he went crazy and shot everybody up was different than that weird kid that shot up Sandy Hook. You know, those are two very different people. They're, I, I mean, they might have some similarities, but as far as lifestyle and what they're doing, it's it's different. I mean, so... I, I I don't know those articles where they're, they're trying to... Well, why, why does every mass murderer do it? It's gonna be different. We don't even know why this fucking guy did it. He didn't. He didn't write a note. He didn't. He didn't do anything. That's why all these conspiracy theories are coming out of the woodwork with this guy. Is because it's a it's a fucking mystery, you know. And honestly, with somebody that batshit crazy, does it really matter why this guy's saying he did? I mean, I, it kind of does, but it doesn't. You know what I'm saying? 
Like, he did it because he's fucking crazy. As far as everything that did it, I, I mean, what this guy did it. You know, like, he went crazy. The rest of the world isn't responsible for for making this guy not crazy. I don't think there's anything you could do to make this guy especially not go crazy because it seemed like shit was going pretty well for him. I mean, as far as mass murderers go, he, he was getting laid. He had a million dollars. What, what do you what do you do? What do you do? I mean, that would be my cure. If it was like, a, hey, man, you have an indisposable amount that you can throw at each I, I found a kid who's gonna go crazy what should we do I'd be like get him late and give him a million dollars I'll bet it cheers him up like no all it did was give him better weapons you know I I don't fucking know and that brings us I guess to the point where which no one wants to talk about is fucking stop making the weapons stop making it legal to own them it would be incredibly difficult as jake and i have talked about in the past to actively say all right now they're illegal we're going to come get them because you have the hole from my cold dead hand pry them but there can be a point where you say all right well fuck it we're just not going to manufacture them anymore and over the course of 10 like australia did it in six weeks maybe over the course of 10 years we can say all right we will put this long-term process of trying to get all these guns out of the system but starting right now we're not going to make them if you do want to shoot them you have to take them to a firing range if you want to own them they will be i mean that seems to be the only response is you can't stop crazy so you can stop giving them access to methods of shooting people yeah, but I mean, I think the problem is is a couple things with that. One, we already have so many. I, I think I was reading there's seven guns for every man, woman, and child in the United States, like in, in the U.S. And so there's there's already a ton of them. And guns are the kind of thing to where they they don't go bad. It's it's not like uh, where like like a drug where oh you've smoked your gun now someone must fly one in from Colombia so you can have more gun. No, you have the goddamn gun. You can even reload the bullets yourself. Um, if, if, if you really want. So they're, they're already there. And then also, well, what defines an assault rifle? That, that's another thing that gets tricky because it's like, is it, am I, is it a semi-automatic? Because that's most rifles. That, that's most of them that don't literally take a bolt action that have been made in the last, like, 60 years. And so that, that gets a little tricky. Um, I, I get why people don't want the assault rifle ban because with the assault rifle ban you can still sell them person to person and there's no paper trail on that my thing is background checks i'm a big fan of background checks i don't understand the people who aren't into background checks because those same people are so in favor of security in every other aspect they're oh oh, we got to get more security on the border we got to get more security at the airport we got to blah 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 oh they're there, we need cops to have more of this. They're, they're so paranoid that people are coming to get us or people are going to get us here. But when it comes to background checks, it's like, man, nah, it's their Second Amendment right. Yeah, if Al-Qaeda gets over here, it's, it's their Second Amendment. The founding fathers wanted them to have a fucking assault rifle. So, I, yeah, the background checks are a no-brainer. I get it's, it's not a, it's not an easy answer regulating the guns. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm in favor of, of certain regulations and not others. And I, I get having it less regulated in more rural places. I, I view it kind of like the speed limit. I mean, if you're way out in the country, you should get to drive 80. If you're in the middle of the city, yeah, like 15, 20, you know? Like well, that, that yeah, makes, the makes only problem with that is you can drive all your guns you bought in your rural area to the city and get a right, hotel room. And I, but... and I get that, too, but that's going to happen if you 
I mean, I mean Chicago's got the the some of the most stringent gun regulations in the country, but they got the most gun deaths. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because so they bring like, them in from Gary, Indiana, right? Right, but those guns are going to be in Gary, Indiana, no matter what the regulations are. You right. see? You see? Like, yeah, no, no, I hear you. I hear you. Phil, they're thoughts? Gary. Uh, I think the only solution to this problem is to get rid of all the straight white males. Clearly. <laughs> well, that is the only solution I can. Know. Well, and that's and I want to go back to what you were saying a minute ago. Uh, Nathan, is it the... What about Buffalo Bill? The he wasn't one group cisgender. that can get picked on is... Huh? What about Buffalo Bill? He wasn't cisgendered. Silence of the lamp. <laughs> Tucking it back, doing evil yeah. shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> is the one group you, you can uh, you can generalize is the straight white dude. That is the one thing. And, and the thing about all these shootings is that the only denom- common denominator among all of them is the fact that they're all white dudes. Yeah, they're, you know they're, I mean? this like, is so bad for trying straight it. white guy. Like, I, 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 I huh? can't even, I can't even bitch when people shit on us about this. It's like, yeah, sorry, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what we do. <laughs> I don't know why we keep. Well, doing no, it. but, but like, what I'm saying is, there's an element of, okay, all these shooters are straight white guys. So what's the problem with all of the straight white guys? Where in reality, it's like point zero 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 one percent of the population that's right, doing this yeah, shit. Yeah. And it's crazy people, like you guys said, on an individual basis, but yet somehow these people are trying to write these sweeping generalizing articles about, well, how do we fix all of the straight white males? I guess I never... Which is kind of... I never thought of it that way because it's funny because the same uh, far-left social justice warriors that would say, straight white males, straight white males, are the same ones that will turn around and quite logically and realistically say, not all Muslims, you know, like uh, the Muslim ban is bad because you can't just generalize a religion. You can't generalize any, but they will be the first ones to generalize straight white males. And yeah, but the, the, the nice thing about this is it's a podcast and you can hear our, our tone of voice, which is m- making fun of it in a way. But were this to be a written article where you just words on a screen that say, hey, uh, straight white men are being marginalized, and oh, victimization, look at you, poor straight white male. It's like, we're no, just pointing it out, and who cares? Toxic masculinity, yeah. masculinity so fragile, hashtag. Exactly. You know, that's- snowflake, snowflake white male, and it's like, I, I, again, my response is I roll my eyes, fuck it, I don't care, you can say whatever you want, I'm just gonna get on with my life. But you do bring up a good point, well, Phil, that, that it, we are in a way marginalized, or or, or stereotyped, and that's fine. And I guess their justification is that straight white males rule the world and have had it well for so long that maybe we can take some abuse. And it's like, all right, fine. If that's our point in history right now is to be the bad guy, sure, I guess, whatever. I'll, I'll roll my eyes and deal with it. I just wish I had more yeah, of I the straight white male power the they always talk about. actually are causing problems. Yeah. I'm sorry. I said I just wish they had. I had more of the straight white male power they all talk about. I wish I had all that power that they say I have. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's completely like they act like uh, every single one of us works on Wall Street and has a fucking yacht. And it's like Jake said this a little while ago. It's like yeah, some people you know work at the uh, coal mine or the tire factory or whatever, and they're struggling to make ends meet. But it's like oh, uh, your life's perfect because you have these certain immutable characteristics you were born with. Yeah, I mean they they definitely have a point in that. um, it, It. I, even even if you're broke and you're a white guy, I, I mean, you're, you're not going to have it bad. Uh, statistically, you're not going to have it as bad as far as sentencing in a courtroom. You know what I'm yes. saying? Like, there's yeah, certain yeah, yeah, things yeah, yeah. to where yeah. it's like, yeah, that's absolutely a thing. But it, it does it does get a little weird where they, they just assume that every guy, if you're, if you're a fucking straight white guy, 
your your Leonardo DiCaprio in the first half of the movie Wolf on Wall Street, you know, and it's just like it's not it's not really the case. Whereas a lot of a lot of the um, a lot of the uh, good things in life uh, kind of come from an economic standpoint. Uh, so yeah, if if your parents are loaded, obviously it's gonna help you out. You know, I mean it's it's gonna help you're. you're you're gonna have a lot more privilege than if they're if they're not. I mean, it's, it's just, yeah, that's that that's economics, man. Well, yeah, wealth inequality, or just a poor white trash trailer park white male, is going to have more in common with, you know, uh, any person of color than a than he will a rich white male. Like just because they're both white right. males, uh, a Vanderbilt is is a Vanderbilt, and you know. A guy from the trailer park is a guy from the trailer park. It doesn't make them both equals because of their skin color. Are you saying that all black people live in trailer parks? You are a racist. No, I said white people all live in trailer parks. Not not black people. Oh, yeah. I said white. Oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. (laughs) Yeah. No, I was just being facetious. I know, I know. That's that's the attitude. You, You make one small misstep and all of your years of being whoever you are are null and void. You are just as bad as somebody who's far right and you know was at Charlottesville and all this this shit, and that that's you know it, it's it's a communication problem between the two sides right now. I uh, you know like we were go ahead. No, no, we were, we were just talking about polarization at the very very beginning, and that's definitely part of it. Is that if you make even like a, a semi offhanded remark like you just did, people get outraged about it, you know, because they think oh you're standing up for the other team now because. You, you know, you, you, you aren't with us in full battle formation at every single point in this conversation right now. Exactly. And let's uh, let's uh, let's stay on track, but with a slight pivot. Um, we can okay. talk about Cam Newton and then we'll sign off. But he got in trouble this week for saying he was asked by a female reporter about uh, I can't remember exactly what the question was, but it was about routes. And his response was, oh, it's, it's kind of funny to hear a female uh, talk about football and routes. And every blue, everybody blew it up like, oh, my God, what a sexist, horrible comment. Oh, he's such a piece of shit. He's a horrible, horrible sexist. And my wife's response was, well, he's in a male-dominated sport with, you know, reporters that are male-dominated, blah, 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 blah. And maybe it is just sort of funny. Like, he didn't say, bitch, what you be knowing about football? Shut up. You know, he just sort of said, <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's different to hear a woman talk about football. Like, he, it took him by surprise, and maybe it was belittling, but now he had to apologize. I didn't take it as belittling because I didn't hear his tone of voice. I just read the words that he said, it's, it's odd, it's funny to hear a woman say that. And suddenly it's like, oh, you think a woman doesn't know football? Fuck you. How dare you? You're just a pe-. And it's like... You can't say anything without having to apologize for it. I and just think Cam Newton you, finds it offensive having his sport. Uh, he finds it condescending to have his sport woman splained down to him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> he flipped it. He flipped it. He, 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 he went judo on him. Yes. I like that explanation. Phil, thoughts on By the that? way, did you actually um, did you see the video of him answering the question? I did not. So in the video... His tone of voice was, it wasn't condescending or sexist. He actually paused for a minute, and it was almost as if to say, like, oh, it's kind of cool seeing a woman here talking about this. Like He, he just he used, was almost like intrigued. He just used the, the word funny instead of cool. He was sort of like, oh, that's kind of funny. That, and that's what I said. I read it. So there you go. He wasn't. Yeah. And, and so, and that's the, and that's what I said earlier is 
we are doing this on a podcast. You can hear our tone of voice, but it, I, and I said, that's good because if this were written on a screen, you'd take it the wrong way. And now what you're telling me, Phil, is if you, you actually hear the tone of voice, you can still turn it into whatever fucking outrage narrative you want because, like I said, it's a male-dominated sport. And he said, oh, well, there you go. It's, it's you know, I don't know if I can get that from a woman. And that suddenly became, he hates women. Fuck him, chauvinistic pig. And it's like, wow. Yep. Fuck you. Just, just shut up. And that... I guess the reason that pisses me off is that it does distract from real problems. Like the same, the, the other thing in the news is Harvey Weir, uh, Weinstein, who is apparently jerking off in front of women and actively pulling the casting couch bullshit where like, hey, blow me and I'll make your career. That is a problem. That is horrible. So when you take Cam Newton making an offhanded comment and blow the outrage up, the levels of anger to what should be directed at a Hollywood studio mogul that was trying to fuck young actresses to further their career, then you lose the overall focus because you're, you know, not everything is a 10. Not everything is, is, is a 10. Not everything is full force. Oh, and that, that's the, the community service that my show does is uh, not to make it about me. No, you should. That's like, why we know, have you on. I'm, I'm a guy who <laughs> I feel like part of what we're talking about is is sort of one of the reasons why uh, we lost the election last year and sort of why I'm fearful that we're going to lose the next two because people think, like you just said, everything is a fucking 10 and they, they waste all their energy on these stupid topics. And when, when actual problems roll around, they treat it exactly the same. And it allows the other team to create a sort of cried wolf scenario, if that makes sense. That makes absolute sense. And um, Sandeep, I, I was losing internet last week, and Sandeep said something interesting. I don't remember what it was, but and, and I live in Iowa, and he, he made the comment. He said, uh, Nathan's losing power in internet. What is he, live in Puerto Rico? I thought he lived in New York. And <laughs> he said something else that made me realize, and I don't mean this as an insult, but you guys sort of live in a bubble. You live in New York where you're surrounded by a certain uh, mindset or attitude or you see a lot of... Sim I live here in Iowa and I was not surprised when Trump won. I was like, oh, fuck, this could really happen. And I agree with you that it could happen again because there's a lot of ignorance out there and there's a knee-jerk reaction to the... Like you just said, the, the constant shouting, the constant blaming, and the constant, you have to change and stop being like that. And there was a big reaction where said, oh... We have to stop being like that. All right, we're voting for Trump. He's a straight shooter. I mean, they just—they well, didn't put any thought of it. Though was was just because the the left was kind of jaded. I mean, Trump got less votes in swing states than Mitt Romney did, right? And I'm not saying that a lot of that wasn't Hillary Clinton being like hawkish on foreign policy and you know getting money from a lot of a lot of places where your 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 diehard leftist wouldn't want them getting money from. You know what I'm saying? But there's also the fact that you've had a Democrat in for eight years, right? And I mean, this is why it tends to go one party and then another party after eight years is because after one party has been in for eight years, that other party gets to tell their base, hey man, all the problems in the world right now, it's because that other party was in office. When, you, when we get in, we're gonna fix everything. And so after eight years, when everything's not perfect, which I mean, yeah, of course it's 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 not gonna be. We you know we live in a democracy, not a dictatorship. One guy shouldn't be able to change everything about the system. Otherwise, that's a dictatorship, and it and it can go fucking just as far back the other way, if not more, under the next guy that comes in. And so, after, when everything is not as perfect 
as the guy promised eight years ago, their base is kind of jaded and stays the fuck home. And they're like, I'd rather watch Netflix. It doesn't matter. Jake, I'm going to call that perspective. And that does, uh, I don't know, if Phil, if it changes you at all, I'm still worried. But that does give me slight hope for, you know, 18 and oh, 20. Oh, I'm definitely still worried, yeah. But the I problem mean, is the Democrats I, I, need I'm, to get their shit together, and they, they haven't. And I'm not a Democrat, but they're just obviously the, the better party of choice. Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly where you are, actually. I listen to your show, you know, pretty much every week. I'm almost exactly where you generally are politically. Uh, you know, center sort of left. I tend to vote blue just because they make a little more sense uh, most of the time. But the thing is right now, and, and, and Jake, you probably would agree with this, or at least I hope you would, is that there's a certain level right now that you're seeing in our sort of bubble that people are, you know, posting all these articles about the president. Oh, he did this, he said that, he's going to do this. And I think there's a... a, a, a sense of oh yeah he's fucked up enough where everyone's going to be against him next round and that's completely not true because he's very very popular in most of the country that isn't here well yeah. and it's nobody hard to take out a cares. president in in, in 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 the middle of his like eight year stretch you know what i'm saying like it's hard to take out the incumbent and the reason is is because then his his base the people that that did show up last time um there's there's a sense of well, we voted for him to do a certain thing. The only reason he hasn't gotten it done so far is because of opposition. It's just going to take a while. If we let them take him out after four years, he's not going to get done what we voted for him to do the first four years. Like, he needs his full eight-year stretch. There's a sense of they're going to stop his progress, so we need to stand up for him. I, I, I think, on, on you know, no matter who's in, their, their party kind of has that going on. Well, no, no, you're exactly right, and that's 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 kind of we just sort of said the same thing in two different ways. Like, a lot of people that are from the left are saying, "Oh yeah, he's fucked up enough. Everyone's going to abandon him the next round," and that's definitely not true because of you know what you just said. People are going to be like, "Eh, we gave the other guy eight. Let's give him." Yeah, because he seems so goddamn normal uh, before November, right? (laughs) (laughs) They don't give a shit about the strange tweets, man. They 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 don't. They don't care about the strange tweets and the pussy grabbing, and the fact that I mean. He's, I don't think, like, I get where people think, like, Hillary Clinton is kind of ungenuine. She would say one thing, do another. She's hawkish on foreign policy. You might as well be voting for a Republican when it comes to foreign policy. She's going to go bomb motherfuckers. I get that. The part that I don't get is where they think that the uh, Wall Street billionaire who's being sued by all his workers uh, would be any fucking better. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's where I'm like... Eh, why do you th- why do you believe anything this guy's saying to you? But the fact that they did, they're cool with being bullshitted. You know, like they're they're cool with the weirdness. They they will be there for him again in 2020. There's nothing this fucker could do to make them not that that statement that he made during the campaign about I could I could shoot someone in the face on Fifth Avenue and people would still love me. That's absolutely true. Well, here is my hope. Yep. My because I read uh, the book Shattered uh, on the Hillary Clinton campaign. Jake, we've talked about it. It was uh, how she continually shot herself in the foot. But part of what happened is the Bernie bots really fractured the Democratic Party. It went far left and center left, and they they weren't able to reconcile in time for the election. And I have heard grumblings, and I don't know if, you know, we're, we're still, you know, years away from 2020, obviously, but 
that there could yeah, not really not well, really yeah, i mean you gotta, we're only three years we're about a year and change from finding out who the candidates right are. i mean i'd say right after the holidays next year is when it's going to start and that so i mean it, it, it's going to start really soon as soon as the 2018 election's over and the holidays are over next year right and that's my so hope we'll is that ready. the republican party fractures because there are grumblings that trump will face an internal challenger and if that happens that could fracture the republican party where you have the extreme shitheads who just you know, want to be angry and vote it Trump. It could, but I would have thought that that was more nah. likely to happen with the Republicans this time around with him being their candidate. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I think they're going to be lockstep behind this guy come come election time. I Yeah, victory is sweeter than, uh, you know, losing. And I think that we learned that. that that's kind of how they feel. Right. A lot of them were like, eh, this guy's kind of an asshole, but... I don't want to lose. I just think you got to get a you got to get a Democrat that that kind of gets their base out there and makes them feel like there's going to be change. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, to be fair to the Bernie bots, as you call them, I think that was just a lot of people who felt like there wasn't enough change under Obama and thought that this was going to be more of the same. I mean, if if you look at Hillary Clinton as far as um, the the left getting behind her. They didn't even elect her to be the, the, the candidate when she was running against Obama, and he was an unknown. He had been in the, the United States Senate for two years, hadn't even done half of a full term yet. And they were like, hey, he sounds good in speeches, and he's not Hillary Clinton. Let's get behind him. That should have been a huge red flag to the Democratic yeah. Party, honestly. They don't get behind yeah. her. You know, I agree. And I people agree. can blame. Oh, well, it was the Bernie Bros. Oh, it was Russia. Oh, it was fake news. No, it was her party not showing up for like they've never done. Well, to be fair, she did win the popular vote, and it was she did. Uh, I don't. I can't list them all, but when you have to have uh, uh, Russia and Bernie bots and whatever else, it was. It was. I hate the the phrase "perfect storm." I mean, because it took a lot to bring her down. I mean, if... if, if It if, did, uh, but that's only because she was running against such a shitty guy. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah, I she would have lost by Hillary a lot Clinton, to yeah, someone better. Yeah, she would have lost from a lot if they had a good candidate. If they had a good candidate, it wouldn't have been close. It wouldn't have been close. But, I mean, I, I thought, yeah, Hillary's got this in the bag because this guy is so shitty. And, I mean, I think she did, too. I think that, she as did. we've talked she about did. In, the, in the past, she didn't campaign as hard as Obama in, in certain swing states, which she should have. Yep. I mean, because what do you, like? I would have thought the same thing as her. I did think the same thing as her. Like, yeah, what do they got? They may not love me, but are they going to vote for the fucking, the, 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 the dumb, racist reality TV star who's never held public office? Fucking come on, man. I may not be perfect, but I'm not that. And it's like, no, they won't vote for you, but they also won't show up. You know, like they won't vote for him, but they also won't show up to vote for you. They're going to stay home. Yeah, what was it? Forty-seven percent stayed home, or something of of the overall. Right. I don't know. Which was surprising right. for me because it's like I would have gotten staying home if it was her versus Romney, right? Like I would have got that a little more. But it's like, come on, man. There, there's a clear difference between her and this fucking guy. I don't know. It's crazy. No, I get it too. But <laughs> but I, right. I do. I think I got, I got a way. Uh, I, I, I have a theory on how we could we could solve mass murders, right? How we could we could stop them, or at least at least put a dent in them. What we do, it seems to me, it's going to be hard to get rid of all the guns. Like it's it's hard, to, you know. Um, if they really want a gun, they're going to get it. Um, 
we just have to find the crazy people before they go crazy. So what we do is before people, you know, I don't know, go into their sophomore year of high school or before they renew their driver's license, we just have them sit down um, in a back room with a psychologist and we shoot them full of uh, sodium pentothal, which is a truth serum used by the CIA during interrogations. And we just give them a, a written test. You know what I mean? Like, like a written test with like 10 questions on it. The last question, of course, being on a scale of one to 10, how fun do you think it would be to light up an entire room full of unarmed people for no reason? And anybody answers more than like a five or a six has to go to a little island. You know what I mean? I think, I think we could wipe it out that way. <laughs> I just, when you said sodium pentothal, all I did was start thinking about True Lies and what a good movie that is. I know, right? We should have, we didn't learn from True Lies. We didn't learn enough from the movie True Lies. Did you, uh, have you ever killed anyone? Yes, but they were all bad. But they all right, were Phil, all bad. Uh, final thoughts, Phil, on everything oh, we've okay, talked so, about. Um, actually, I, I wanted to talk about something completely unrelated. Uh, a quick little story. Uh, so I've actually known who you were for about 10 years, Nate. And, and so this is, this is a true story. Um, I used to drive back and forth between Connecticut and Orlando because I used to work at Disney World. And uh, so XM Radio or Sirius or whatever it's called now, they do the comedy channels. And uh, so one of your tracks played on there, and you used to do this bit about how like you got into a fight with a restaurant over you guys had the same phone oh, number yeah. or something. God, that's, okay. that's old. Yeah, holy crap. And so here's the thing. My radio has a feature on it where I can click and I can save tracks. And that was one of the tracks that I saved because I thought that was a funny bit. And so I, you know, I was familiar with that, and I knew who you were and all this. And uh, so here we are seven or eight years later. I'm in New York City, and I'm sitting across the table from Jake Vevra, at a dim sum restaurant on 14th street and his phone goes <laughs> off and it pops up as nathan timmel and i'm like wait you know nathan timmel how what what the hell and then that's you know that's how i found out about this podcast and all this stuff like that so i just wanted to kind of bring everything full circle I here i forgot about that yeah what, what i, I don't remember story. the dim sum restaurant what dim sum restaurant was that it was on 14th i have no idea what the hell it's called dude there's a there's oh oh I know. Yeah, yeah, the, the Vietnamese one, right? Bauhaus, little sandwiches. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that sounds it's, it's right. a good, it's a good place. Yeah, I forgot all about that, man. I, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so it's exciting to come on the show finally, you know, and because uh, yeah, it's it's been cool to uh, follow everyone through all these years, you know. Well, let me let me uh, finish this podcast on a, I guess, a depressing note. Um, yeah, fuck, I remember. Yeah, we could we could have left on a high note. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I've been a fan for ten years. Yeah, we could have ended on that. Let's fucking end on a downer. Jesus Christ, man! It's it's only depressing to me. You two can laugh at me and mock me for it. So it'll All only right. be depressing for me. Uh, when I left, when I when I met the woman that is now my wife, uh, I left Los Angeles and I moved to Iowa. And I remember, like, one of the first couple days I was there, I was like, oh, geez, I don't know what this is going to do to my career. You know, I just left Los Angeles. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try and make it as a comedian, but I live in goddamned Iowa. Fuck. Um, I had someone, uh, this was back in the MySpace days, obviously. Um, yeah. They contacted me and said, hey, dude, I just want to know, they want you to know they were talking to, about you on Sirius XM. Uh, they were doing the, the call-in show, the request lunch hour, and someone called in and requested Dane Cook. And the host of the show said, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play your Dane Cook for you, but 
I'm also going to play a track by Nathan Timmel because he's hilarious and he's going to be the next big thing, big thing or something like that. Oh, and, that's awesome, and it, man. it was great. You should have heard it. Well, yeah, that's this awesome. But it, Why it was 10 years ago and nothing's happened. I, in oh, that yeah. moment, I was like, holy shit, this guy's in my corner. This is great. I am so grateful. And I'm still grateful that that person said that and played me and enjoyed me. And I'm grateful and I'm happy that I played on SiriusXM. But I just remember... <laughs> Like when Phil just told me that story while listening to me, I just remembered that person, that that DJ saying, Nathan Tibble's great, he's going to be the next big thing. And here we are 10 years later and I'm still living in Iowa and a nobody struggling to get whatever goddamn shitty one-nighter gig I can get. Ah, uh, I think I'm gonna go All shoot right, up a, a let's, concert. Let's, you know what? It, this ain't working out for us. Let's let's grow our hair out a little bit and become a boy band. Let's just Ooh. do that. That seems to work. Those will never go out of style. All right, I'm in. Phil, uh, which one are you? Are you going to be the Fuck dangerous it, one not? or the cute one? <laughs> I'll, I'll grow the goatee out. I guess. Okay, Fuck it. Phil's the dangerous one. Jake, which one are you going to be? I want to be Ringo. It seems like he could get away with showing up more hungover than everyone else. I don't know. For some reason, I think he could just, you know what I mean? It's just not as much <laughs> right on him. He can kind of get carried by the other two. I think that'll be me. I guess I've got to be I'll, I'll, the sincere one. I'll, I'll have to work on my acting chops. I, I, if we've got the, the goateed bad boy Phil I, and, and the Ringo Jake, I will be the sincere yeah. doe-eyed one. And I'll, I'll call a Sandeep up. We can have just for the diversity. Oh! Board. That way we don't look like racists. Yes, yes, right. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, let's have Sandeep. But here's the thing. Um, we, I, we might have to draw straws for this. I don't think any of us are going to volunteer. Which one of us is going to suck off Harvey Weinstein? Uh, I don't want to do it. I mean, I will if I, if I draw the straw. If I draw the little straw, I'm a man of honor. I'll I'll do it. But you know, let's just face it. Uh, you know, getting getting the, the the little bit of radio chops that won't do it. We got to suck off Harvey Weinstein and get on Sirius XM. Okay, if it comes to it, uh, I'll if I draw the straw, I will. But I would like to hedge our bets first. And the story I just read about him today. Um, I will let him masturbate in front of me and come into a potted plant like he did to a woman. So, oh, dude, that's uh, not which... that bad. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad at all. I would do that for like I, I don't know, like a couple of good road gigs. You know, like he wouldn't even have to give me that much. Of it. You just want to jerk <laughs> off into a plant? If I can jerk off into a plant, it ain't my plant. Go ahead, dude. I'm not the gardener here. I don't give a shit. I think it I was his own plant. I... In the morning. I mean, it works for the janitor. You know what I mean? He's got to, he's got to fucking clean that, that that Weinstein goop out of there every goddamn morning. He's he's the one who should get the he should get the show. Yes, the 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 gardener. All right, uh, kids. Thanks for listening, uh, Phil Cossey. Do you have a website, Phil? Uh, yeah, I don't. Just uh, just check out the Fake Outrage Report fake outrage podcast. Report. It's available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Laughable, all those fucking apps. Yes, it is. All right, so thanks for coming on. We will do this again. I really enjoyed talking to you as I enjoyed listening to your podcast. Yeah, this is great. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, as I said, I yeah, just I love the on, concept. Uh, it made me jealous. Like, fuck, that is such a good idea. But <laughs> anyway, um, it makes me glad to hear you kind of stole it. So there. Yeah, check out the Fake Outrage Report. It's a good, yeah. it's a good show. Especially the one I was on, people. Go back and find it. Yeah, all three episodes, Jake. There you go. All right, uh, jakevever.com, nathantimmel.com. Leave comments, write reviews, tell your friends to listen, and thank you. All right. See you later. Peace. Later.